special thanks to our sponsor this episode, the Batavia Chamber of Commerce. You can find out more at bataviachamber.org. All right, so we're here at the 12 South Water Street in downtown Batavia uh, at Fernando Street Kitchen. Uh, over the years, it came to the point where you know I started out sharing a kitchen before. It got to the point where we grew into four trailers and one small food truck. So we have five vehicles out now. We kind of outgrew the space that we were in before. Hey everybody, you're listening to Area Code Batavia, a podcast about what it means to belong in Batavia, Illinois. I'm your host, Richard Clark. Each episode this season, I'm talking to downtown business owners about why they do what they do and what it means to belong in Batavia, Illinois. Even if you haven't been to Fernando's physical location, you've probably seen them around. Fernando Martinez is everywhere. He spends most of his time running his business all over town. And even during COVID, when many of us were stuck at home, Fernando was determined to get out there. What we did is start setting up in people's neighborhoods. So we kind of created a whole kind of neighborhood block party kind of thing. So we drive to your neighborhood. We ask you just to let your neighbors know, you know, next to each other, ones behind you, ones in front of you. Let everybody know, hey, Fernando Street Kitchen is going to be here with their truck on this night from five to eight, whatever. Everybody come out, grab some food, say hi to your neighbors. And I think that really went big during COVID. It was this tendency of his to get out there and move around to different places that made me wonder, how does Fernando manage to feel a sense of belonging when he's always moving from place to place? At least one answer to that question lies in the community he's made at his home base. Getting us in here, working with us and making this happen. Yeah. Um, over the past, well, we've been here almost two years now, we've actually added a couple other small business owners to our location as well so now we've almost become like fernando's community kitchen right right you know so uh even like today we have bulldog nutrition is here on days uh-huh. that we're closed we have um damo barbecue that comes in on other nights that uses the kitchen space as well mm-hmm. uh i've got a couple other small businesses that have reached out to me about possibly you know having them join our location as well yeah, so One thing that's cool about Batavia is the sort of business collaboration innovation that seems to be happening here, starting with the boardwalk shops, it feels like. Mm -hmm. And then it does feel like this space right here was one of the first in what feels like a trend, which is like a few different small businesses going in together on a storefront in some ways. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, like I said, just overall, there's so many small businesses here downtown that we all try to help each other, collaborate, yeah. share each other's you know, social media as much as possible. Uh-huh. Um, again, because of COVID, so many small businesses did close. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think it came to the point now where all of us have to stick together to make sure we continue to survive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we kind of experimented that. We had another uh, couple that was doing beignets here on a Sunday at, you know, afternoon. Nice. Yeah. So it, uh, it kind of helps these small businesses get a feel for what it would be like having their own storefront without having to take on the whole responsibility of it financially or even, you know, the space-wise itself. Uh, at the same time, it, it helps me as well, you know. And I feel like the natural tendency of not just business owners but people in mm-hmm. general is to gravitate towards overthinking about competition, yeah. um, obsessing about competition. 
Yeah. I'm curious if you were ever in a place where that was your sort of natural, especially around COVID, where, like you said, the you, I think you said the phrase, like, the only thing we could do to survive was to band together, mm-hmm. which is not a natural response, I think, to sort of scarcity, <laughs> right? To the feeling of like, oh, we don't have much to go around. There are not a lot of customers anymore. Yeah. The natural response is not like, let's get all of the restaurants together and mm-hmm. to work together. So how... Were you ever in a place where that wasn't the natural response for you? you? Know, that's that's always been in the back of my mind. Um, but at the same time, going in this industry, I always knew I always had to stand above and beyond of what every other competitor out there was doing. Sure. Um, <clears throat> even now here in Batavia, there's seven Mexican restaurants here in town. Yep. A uh, new one just opened up on Randall Road. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, yes, it's competition, but not really competition. It's, I think it's just another variety. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, there's there's things I do specifically that you can only find here. Yeah. There's things that they do and that they offer. Um, uh, so competition-wise, it's yeah. When when I first hear it, pops my mind. But then I'm like, wait a minute. You know. Yeah. There's plenty for everyone out there. Again, if they can try to do what I'm doing, great. And if they can do it, but then that means I got to step it up a notch. Then what? You know, I, what is your initial gut reaction when you hear about a new Mexican restaurant coming to Batavia? Uh, now it's to the point where I'm like, really, does Batavia need another Mexican restaurant? But uh, I think that's one of the benefits of my location, our business that we have here. We're yeah. more mobile. Okay, so yeah. we don't have the full seven days a week, mm-hmm. full dine-in, full bar, yeah. you know, full kitchen menu. Uh, we try to offer more of the catering aspect of it. And again, you know, being more mobile, a lot of the restaurants can't do what we do. We have our trailers going out serving two, three, four hundred people out in, you know, in the parking lot. Right. You know, last summer we did a little over 900 people for all the corporation. So it's one of the things that the restaurants, that's one business. Yeah. Catering and food truck is totally different beast. Yeah. Awesome. You know, and then even now there's been so many new vendors that have come out and wanted to do food trucks or food trailers. And I've had a few of them reach out to me and I'm like, you know, pause for a second. I'm like, yeah, you know what? If you think you can try to do it, and if I can help in any way uh-huh. to make it successful, let's do it. You yeah. know. Yeah. Fortunately enough, nobody's come to ask me to do another taco truck, at least. Right. So, right. Right. But uh, yeah, any experience I've had over the seven years that we've been doing this, I'm definitely willing, more than willing to share with you know whoever's willing to listen. Really. Yeah. What's the first time you can remember feeling like you belonged in Batavia? Well, I was born and raised here, actually. Uh-huh. So, um, class of '94 from Batavia High School here. Uh-huh. Uh I got. Four other siblings. All of us grew up here in Batavia. Uh-huh. And at one point, almost 20 years ago, I did have a restaurant in Geneva. When we, my wife and I first got married, we lived in Geneva for a little while. Yeah. Uh, I had back then it was Fernando's Mexican Grill. Okay. Or Fiesta Grill, sorry. Uh-huh. Um, and did a you know f- little sit-down restaurant on 38. And I originally was getting ready to sell that location to buy another building to expand. Mm-hmm. That deal didn't come through. That was when the housing market crashed. Uh-huh. Everything crashed. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it was. You know, meant to be that for me to get out of that when I could. Yeah. Um, at that point, I actually went and got my hair license and started doing hair with my wife. My wife been doing hair since out of high school. Wow. So I'm a licensed cosmetologist and at a barbershop. Uh, we actually did have a hair salon for a while. We had you own one. We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're just an entrepreneur. That's what you do. Yeah. It's just one of the things that gives me drive. You know, that gives me the drive to get out there and do something versus yeah. sitting waiting. I, I got to get out right. there and make things happen. Right. So. Right. You said you were born and raised here. Mm-hmm. In my mind, at least for my personality, that doesn't necessarily mean you feel, felt like you belonged here. So it, did you always feel like, okay, I belong here? Or was there a moment that caused you to like, that gave you certainty about that or what? You know, 
almost like this is my this is what I know. This is huh. you know my town. This is me. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, like you said, everything from even the small business owners that I don't really know that I didn't grow up with that come here and ask me freely, knowing that I'm a Batavian. Uh huh. You know uh-huh. that, that hey, yeah. you know. F- f- what do I need knows. to know? Yeah. What do yeah. I need to know about yeah. this place or how does this work and and uh, you know this is a. The things that I've seen come and go too, kind of still stick in the back of my mind. Okay, how can how has Batavia evolved? How can we continue to grow? How, you know, how would you sum that change up? Like the way things have changed in Batavia over the years. That one's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> that one's tricky because you know, sometimes you know I get I get uh, you know we try here in Batavia we, we try to grow we try to you know expand we try to bring new businesses in yeah and then why is it so many fail. Hmm. Or why is it so many go to Geneva or St. Charles? And, uh-huh. and the feedback I get from some of the locals here as well is like, oh, we don't want to be like Geneva. I'm like, yeah, but we're losing a lot of business because yeah. we're not want to be like Geneva. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, um, yeah, there's different certain things that, are, that happen. And sometimes I stop and think, I'm like, why did we do this? Or why did we, you yeah. know, who's really benefiting by doing this road closure? Or who's, you know, sure. who's benefiting by, you know, allowing outside you know vendors to come in or whatever and whatnot uh-huh. but at the same time it's one of those things like okay if i'm not gonna get in there and be involved then i can't really complain about it you know it's yeah. uh so i try to do what i can within here in the community you know as much as i can there is a tension um i think is i don't know how unique it is to batavia but it feels somewhat unique to batavia where it's like Batavia is, it does have its unique flavor and Mm -hmm. you could compare it to Geneva or St. Charles in some ways. And it, you know, it's like you, it could feel like a little brother or something, Mm -hmm. but it's also like this, I would frame it as like non-pretentiousness, you know, a lack of pretentiousness or Mm -hmm. something that I really like about Batavia. And I'm probably more on that side of that. Yeah. Yeah. But person that you were talking Mm -hmm. about, Yeah. but I do feel that tension with most people I talk to about the nature of Batavia and the yeah. change that has or hasn't happened in Batavia. Mm. And it's interesting to me, like, how do you, how do you think about that tension in terms of what is unique to Batavia that you would like to retain versus like what we could do to sort of keep up in some ways? The, the community support we get from the, the people that really drive the push downtown to really grow, it's yeah. definitely got to keep that going, keep that momentum going. Like the second bridge, sometimes people complain, oh, we need another bridge, and other people are like, well, we don't need another bridge, you don't uh-huh. want to pay for it, this and that. If we do decide to do something big like that, I think we really got to focus on how it's going to affect Batavia in the long run in the future. Yeah. I think some things I've seen in the past five, ten years, we've done things that have just been kind of in the moment kind of thing. Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's more than just our personal kind of view of what we want Batavia to be like. Mm-hmm. Like, seems like a good idea at the yeah, time. Yeah, it's not good, but is it really? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And who is it really benefiting? It's got to benefit the whole community, not just, you know, because you think it's going to be the best thing. Right. Is it truly the best route for the town yeah. to grow or benefit? Yeah. Yeah. Are there parts of the community you think are not being thought about specifically in those decisions? Not being thought of, hmm. Well, you know, it's like with River Street. They did a great job with River Street, mm-hmm. but there's more to Batavia than downtown, you know, right. than River Street. Yeah. And it seems like all of our energy always goes to River Street. Okay, you know? yeah. Um, it's nice that we're starting to spread out a little bit more, trying, you know, more like Hearth and Hammer right yeah. around the corner from us here. The businesses are starting to spread out a little bit more, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. <clears throat> it feels like, yes, it can feel like downtown is River Street. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And And I do like the idea of like, 
downtown being more than that being and and the feeling of you know some of the days we have like the the bat fest and stuff where yeah. mm-hmm. where people are walking i mean my through all of me downtown. and my kids must have walked miles that day we walked all over the place starting sort of like downtown river street and then coming all the way out to hearth and hammer and around to fernando i think yep. we even came into fernando yeah, we got our friends down at the uh bar, uh Batavia Popcorn Depot down the street uh-huh, as well. Right. So, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, beautiful river walk we have down there too. Now, yes. The new flag monument. So it was, again, there's so much more to kind of spread out in downtown Batavia. Yeah, and you always forget, like, you know, I'm dropping my kid off at Taekwondo, mm-hmm. and I'm like, where am I going to go? Sometimes I forget, Gammon House is right over, right, right yeah. over there, just mm-hmm. across the street. Yeah. feels like forever because it's across the street, it's across but street. it's just across the street. This episode of Erico Batavia is brought to you by the Batavia Chamber of Commerce. Hey, Batavia, I've got a quick tip for you today. Have you ever felt like you needed a roadmap for connecting with Batavia businesses and customers? I, myself, as a business owner, often know the struggle of trying to get the word out and to build relationships. And I also know that it can be difficult to know what's going on, where, who, who is around, what sort of uh, things are available to do in Batavia. Well, I know one really good resource for those of us who are in Batavia and looking to be more connected to our community, and that is the Batavia Chamber of Commerce. I'm really appreciative of them for being a sponsor of the podcast. They're not just about doing fancy events, though those are cool too. They've got a ton of resources that help you network and champion everything Batavia. What I love about the Batavia Chamber is that they're a big reason we can even do this podcast. They understand the importance of supporting the voices of our community. They've been really supportive from the beginning and are supporting us right now by sponsoring us. So seriously, whether you're an entrepreneur, a shopper, or you just love Batavia, check them out. It's bataviachamber.org. Find out about memberships, events, all that good stuff. So can you tell me about the moment you decided to start Fernando's? So it's been, see, my daughter's eight now. So about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I started doing catering parties on the side to generate revenue for adoption. We adopted okay. our daughter, um, did about a good solid year and a half of parties every once in a while here and there on the weekends. Yeah. How long ago was this, you said? Uh, almost 10 years now, yeah. Okay. Yep. So awesome. our daughter just turned eight, so we started Congrats. about two years before that. Thank you. That's cool. So we were able to raise the funds and, and adopt our daughter. And then from that point, it kind of just snowballed into people calling me again to, to do graduation parties, birthday uh-huh. parties. Once again, the benefit of me being mobile, a lot of the parties I was doing there were in people's backyards. Hmm. So even if you had a food truck, it's hard to, you can't pull a food truck in somebody's backyard. Yeah. Um, so I was able to do that for a while. And then, of course, COVID hit. And then we're like, okay, what do I do now? And yeah. actually, one of the uh, local residents here told me about, hey, why don't you try to do a block party kind of thing? Hmm. So mm-hmm. we can still do you know, social distancing. And people can come out, grab food, and, and try to build up business that way. Again, of course, there's city ordinances against just setting up in the street, telling people to come out. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so it, it's one of these things where I kind of... Oh, I tend to ask people to host host our food truck at your I see, yeah. in your driveway. Yep. Technically, I'm not on city streets, all yep. technicalities. Yep. Um, but here I am being able to set up either in the driveway or even in the garage. Yep. Have people pre-order meals through social media. Uh-huh. I would get their name, the order. Okay, hey, go out there, cook. 
have it bagged. You know, the neighbors will come out, say hi, you know, to everybody, and then take their food and go back home. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And if the weather was nice, they would set up lawn chairs and and blankets out like in the park and and eat there. <clears throat> again, everybody was just you know dying to get out. You know, everybody wanted to get back out and start socializing again. You know, with yeah. the COVID. Yeah. So yeah. we were able to do that, and then, then it got to the point where we started doing more and more of those. You know, throughout the summer specifically. And, yeah. And now, like I said, we're going into four trailers in the truck. So That's pretty gradual. That's like a gradual start. When, yeah. do, you, do you feel like there was a moment? Did, did you have a moment where you, like, registered the business and, and did it because, like, you're making the step? Was there a big... Every, every year, I've, you know, it's... Like we just bought another trailer, so like okay, that now I think to myself, it's like what a, do I yeah. gotta do? Restarting over? Uh-huh. No, it's a restarting, but re-looking. Okay, what direction am I going? How am I gonna grow? How am I gonna yes. continue to you know to get this momentum going? Yeah. Uh, I remember when I first started, just you know, I would literally load up a couple folding chairs and a griddle in the back of my pickup truck and mm. a pop-up tent and go set up wherever I had, you know, whether it was the potatoes. Um, Outdoor market, you know, did that in a few, yeah. few years, uh, and then, you know, parties here and there. Um, I remember one year I had one one couple that called me up that they wanted to do something, and they wanted to pick my brain about how to get started or whatever, and I made a comment about how just, you know, keep it basic, simple. Your mm. you, your personality and your product's going to sell itself. Mm. You, mm. you don't need the big $100,000 trailer right away to come out and hope to sell, you know, $5 coffees or, you know, even... Yeah, you know, five dollar tacos. Yeah, you know how many of those it's going to take to recoup and you know redo that. Right. And it came down to understanding just a basic lemonade stand. You know how many yeah. how yeah. many kids you see out there with a basic lemonade stand? They're, you know, they're out there. They're they're plugging away. They're they're excited. They're motivated and and willing yeah. to do it. And and that's sometimes I tell people like sometimes that's what you, you got to start. You know, basic lemonade stand. Right. You know, get your product out there, and it'll slowly sell itself. Sometimes you get to the problem of like, do people want the product? Um, did you ever have that period where you, you had like a fear of like, oh, is this going to work? Uh, even nowadays, right now, I have been doing, <clears throat> doing this for, you know, a good seven years solid now, yeah. especially with the brewery scene. I even still think every once in a while, do I have to revamp my menu? Do I have to redo? Hmm. We kind of use the same pop-up menu where we offer, you know, four or five items, mm-hmm. and it's been consistent over the past few years. Yeah. Uh, and I worry sometimes, too. I'm like, are people getting tired of it? Are they, you know, do I <laughs> right. have to switch it up? Yeah. Uh, what can I do to entice people to continue to, you know, support and, and come to us and buy? Yeah. Especially, like I said, when there are other taco vendors out there. Yeah. So I always try to make sure my, my items are unique. Uh, uh, still try to do traditional dishes as well. Yeah. Uh, right before COVID, I was able to uh, go to Mexico City with my parents, and we actually did a food tour. I scheduled a food tour with a chef that took us around to all the street vendors mm-hmm. in downtown Mexico City. Yeah. We ate a lot in, in two days, but uh-huh. it was um, yeah, it was one of the things just seeing their drive. It was one of the things where you know if there's a will, there's a way. You know. It's interesting the sort of comparison you're wrestling with. Do I keep things the same or change? Because people like the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. They like the consistent traditional yeah. things. They also like novelty and progress and yep. change. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's aligned with what we were talking about with Batavia, this tension yeah. in Batavia where yep. it's like, do we keep things the same or change? Where you land naturally on that spectrum, do you feel like? Growth. 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 You want to, so yeah, and and I get this feeling from you that like every year you want to do something. Mm -hmm. You want to do something different every year, whether it's change the food or get a new Mm -hmm. truck or something, right? Yeah. So even like, say tonight, I'm going to do my standard, you know, tacos, quesadillas. Tonight I'm throwing in, uh, we're doing a venue, Greenology, just opened up. Yep. We're going to do a pop up with it and I'm going to do my elote hot dog. 
My lote dog. Whoa. So we had a jumbo hot dog wrapped in bacon, and fried on the griddle on a flat oh my top, gosh. loaded with uh, Mexican street corn on it. And, and that's one of the things that's always been in the back of my mind. Uh-huh. There's another thing where it's just trying to figure out what I can utilize what I have to be able to, to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things I tell people with, with uh, people that are just getting started in the food, uh, food truck industry. Uh-huh. We don't need 100 items on the menu. Let's do your four basic mm-hmm. proteins or whatever. And from there, maybe switch up a sauce or switch this up. You, know, yep. you can create 10, 12 different items with just your three main, right. you know, Protein, so yeah, and I always try to stick to that as well. So you know, I always have a lot there. You know, okay, so today I'm bringing in a hot dog. You know, mm-hmm. so but then I have my short rib tacos today, a brisket. I've developed a, a big following of our brisket tacos, our brisket nacho lotes. A little change here and there, but hopefully to to be better. How did you expect the business to pan out when you were starting it? When I first started, I was again just looking at it as a. A little extra money on the side. Mm-hmm. Always had like a little side hustle because at this point we, my wife and I, still had the hair salon, so we're doing okay. hair, <clears throat> and just you know a little side hustle, and that kind of gets on growing and growing. Uh, got to the point where I bought two trailers, and then my older siblings they had their fairly full time jobs, but I had to bring them back in to help mm-hmm. me out on the weekends to mm-hmm. be able to accommodate parties. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you've noticed, but um, so my parents used to own El Taco Grande. Oh, nice. So okay. I grew yep. up, you know, in the restaurant industry. So I got out of it for a while, and then here I am getting pulled back into it. So. Got it. They don't own it anymore? No, no. Okay, got it. <clears throat> so, Did you start at El Taco Grande? Is that kind of where you learned it? Oh, yeah. I kind of learned the basis from there from my yeah. dad, and then from there kind of evolved a little bit, too. Uh-huh. Um, I said, now doing, like I said, the smoked uh, pork tacos, smoked brisket tacos. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, I got short ribs on the smoker right now going for tonight. Nice. So, um, trying to get away from the traditional pastor, carne asada, mm-hmm. lengua. I'm like, we can do it all, but there's other places that do that. You know? so, yes. Uh, I try to you know, keep that variety, keep that change. That's cool. Was there a moment where you sort of questioned whether you should be in the business and said, maybe I don't want to do this? I want to say almost like every day. It's like, what? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's either every day or never. never. <laughs> it's either every day or never. Um, but no, it, it but it's almost like an aha moment, kind of like, you know, yeah, why am I doing this? I'm like, you know what? Huh. And it, it makes me, you know, take that moment in the morning when I'm drinking my coffee sometimes. I'm, yeah, what, okay, what are we doing today? And here I am running, trying to accommodate, you know, different appointments, yeah. still cook. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it's like it keeps evolving. Before it was just me and my family. Now it's me and my family, my brothers, mm-hmm. me and my family, my brothers, my staff now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a team of 12. Mm-hmm that rely on me as well wow yeah. um and then again all, all of our our loyal customers you yeah know, yeah they they've over the years have supported us and seen what we've accomplished and uh, you know every once in a while they'll ask me well, hey when's a new special when you, you know what are you gonna come up with next mm-hmm. what you, so it uh, it's that drive every every day i'm like you know i reflect a little bit every morning yeah of what we've accomplished and i said my wife supported me the whole time and, and still supports it and how do we continue to grow and still find that balance of business and life yes. and family? You know? I am so fascinated talking to you about this because it does feel like you have this personality that I kind of relate to, which is like, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, you're always thinking about what's next, which sort of implies change. You know, like we've talked mm-hmm. about, we're talking about this a little bit where 
Um, and I'm wondering, like, because this podcast is about belonging yeah. in Batavia, is it harder for you? Like, how do you, I think the, the way I was sort of thinking about this before I came in today was like, as a food truck mm. without necessarily like an always consistent place, you're, you're serving a lot of different places mm -hmm. that can be hard to feel like, okay, I got a steak in this place. Now you do have this place, so that's yeah. good. But like the food truck portion of it means you're moving around a lot, yeah. right? You're, you're transitory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that can make belonging hard. But then also there's this added element of like every year you're doing something new every day you're going, why am I doing this again? <laughs> um, and, and you're asking those questions sort of afresh. What's the, what's the consistent piece of belonging that you're feeling every day? And how do you engender that feeling of belonging in yourself that is consistent and makes you feel like, okay, I belong here, even though everything's changing all the time? Yep. You know, it's, um, again, the, the local residents, even residents that have moved in here like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a loyal Batavia resident and mm -hmm. I'm like oh well, when'd you move here like oh 10 years ago yeah I'm like okay well I'm 47 48 now and eh, yeah. I'm like <clears throat> I got a little more a little more time than you do yes you got um, me beat yeah. I've been here eight years so okay. yes. but or five still, years actually. they still come not necessarily to seek me specifically but to seek what Batavia is yeah yeah and I feel like I, I can give back a little bit like this uh -huh. is what you know uh -huh. what I know of Batavia what how I see it and how it grew um and then with the food trucks in general just you know when I'm getting calls from the city of Batavia, hey, can you cater an event for the you know mm -hmm. employee holiday party or the um, Batavia Park District? Hey, can we can you count on you to do this event or yeah. you know the flag monument event? Can you come down and you know yes, even knowing that it may not be a big profitable event for me yes, but here I am doing what I can for my town. I'm having a light bulb moment because I've got a home in Batavia mm -hmm. where I stay and stay in, in some ways that hinders my feeling of belonging mm -hmm. in Batavia because I stay home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times the business can be the same way where if you have a place, you stay there mm -hmm. and you're there. But the thing about Fernando's is you go to a thing, it's likely Fernando's is going to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I go to a, a Batavia thing. We were at like the the Christmas, the Christmas event. Yeah, we were down there. You yeah. were there. Mm -hmm. we, we were at some other thing. You were there. Mm -hmm. It's like Fernando's is a mainstay wherever you go, which a lot of businesses can't do. Like yeah. a lot of restaurants can't do. And so that feeling of like – whether or not you feel like you belong, I feel like you belong in Batavia because I've seen you everywhere, and it would well, be thanks. weird if you stopped showing up, you know? And then that's, again, like I said, it's uh, definitely been a blessing that I've been able to go ahead and still accommodate you know, the smaller events here, again, like I said, with whether I'm going to be profitable or not. Yeah. And here I am becoming a, a regular thing in downtown Batavia. Yes. Which, you know, excites me. So like I said, sometimes I can't always be there. I can always... Again, benefit having the four different teams, I can always send hopefully somebody there to be able to to accommodate. So yes, uh, between like I said, the downtown events, uh, the local breweries, Sturdy Shelter. You know, last year was a big help and big push on getting me out there a little bit more mobile here in town uh -huh. as well. Uh -huh. Now Grain Allergy, you know, coming in here. Yeah, uh, we do the indoor market with them now every Saturday morning as well. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, and yeah, so I think, it's, again, it's a win-win because it's like my slow season. They can benefit by having me in there, and, you know, it's a win-win. What is it about your business? Since you've been here in Batavia for a really long time, what is it about this business that would only work in Batavia in your mind? You know, I think because, again, being born and raised here, knowing the community, getting mm -hmm. involved, or mm -hmm. whether it's like if, when I say get involved, at least just – Speaking with people, getting okay. out there, introducing myself. Hey, yeah. where are you from? 
had another couple came in the other day, same thing. You know, we just moved here from Colorado, and uh-huh. hey, how's Mateo? What do we do this? And, oh, let me tell you about it. You know, this is you know, yeah, this is my town. You know, yeah, let me tell you, this is a great little town to be in, and it's more the the people. Yeah, you know, whether it's tacos or I don't say I was selling shoes, even it, it, being out there in the public, yeah, <clears throat> being out there and, and communicating with the community. Do you? Um, I think one of the key things that has helped me grow and develop downtown here how often are you venturing outside of batavia into like geneva or other neighboring locations a lot a lot a lot and what's the difference the difference i get for me i guess personally when i leave town it's work huh when interesting I'm, when yeah. i'm here in town i'm just here in town doing because my, yeah doing my thing yeah you're is that because you know it better you're more at home here what is the difference yeah again yeah it's just uh the here in town, I'm, I'm comfortable with everybody here. Whether you know whether they're hiring me for an event, yeah. or if I'm just doing a pop up, you know, somewhere, yeah. I'm comfortable here. This is like my backyard. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. you said, you're at home. I'm my backyard here. That's right. Yeah. No matter what part of town I'm in. Yeah. Uh, now, when I'm going outside of town, okay, I'm going in somebody else's backyard. Okay. I've got to up my game a little bit. I got to uh-huh. make sure, okay, if I want that business to grow and or repeat business from that Geneva, St. Charles, Glendale Heights. Arlington Heights, Hoffman Estates, you know. Yeah. It becomes work. Yes. Almost. Yes. You know, we're here. I can just, it doesn't come in second nature yeah. as it would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What has been your biggest struggle in doing this work? Besides the 12 inches of snow and 30 below zero weather we've had in the past couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's always something, man. There's yeah. always something, whether, again, whether there was the restrictions of COVID. Yep. Uh, everybody talks about the price gouging, you know, when ground beef shot up to six bucks a pound, uh-huh. um, shortages, things like that. But it's almost, I've learned that it, it's almost takes more energy out of me to be worried and stressed about it. Okay. Versus just, okay, well, that's not an option. What can we do then? Okay. Yeah. Let's, yeah. you know, we still got to move forward. We still got to live. We still got to get out there. We still yeah. got to eat, you know. You're just pivoting, adapting. Exactly. All the time. Yeah. Yep. That's good. What keeps you up at night? If you ask my wife, she'll tell you nothing. She knows once I put my head on that pillow, I'm out. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. um, no, again, it's one of those things. At the, I think, and I try to make her understand that too. At the end of the night, mm-hmm. you know, my, the day's done. Whatever's there, there's nothing I can do about it. I got to rest up yeah. and tackle it in the morning. And you're asking that question when you wake up. You're yeah. asking, what am I doing this okay, for? Yeah, what do we got to do? Or, and what's next? Yep, yeah, what's next? Interesting. To you, what does it mean, like fundamentally, to belong in Batavia? To belong in Batavia, just wherever you're at, knowing that it's this is you. This is your your hmm. your yard, your sidewalk. Your you know. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, I don't want to shovel the sidewalk because it's not my job. It's city job." I'm like, "But you know what? I think about what if it was my wife and kid that wanted to walk down the sidewalk? I want to make sure it's clear and safe oh, for them." Man. You got me you know, right in the heart with right, that one. No. I just I didn't do it today because I have to do this. No, but, I know, I know. You know I, it's and, a time and, thing. No, it yes, definitely time thing. But it's one of those things. I'm like, <laughs> do it not just for yourself, but for the community. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think one thing that always is in the back of my mind: Mayor Mayor Shelke. Uh huh. Been mayor here for as long as I can remember. Yeah. But you know, every once in a while, you drive down the street, you see him out there picking weeds at somebody, you know, uh-huh. by the fire hydrant or even downtown Riverwalk. He's, yeah. He cares about the community. This is his town. This is his backyard. Yeah. Uh, I think something that's something we can learn from him is like, we got to put the effort into making this. Yeah. And to be able to invite people to come want to be in Batavia. Right. 
you know. It sounds like there's an ownership that, yes. that you take. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that is, so I'm um, a transplant, of course. I come from southeast Alabama by way mm-hmm. of Louisville, Kentucky, by way of Wheaton. Okay, there you go. So, so I, and I've been living here for five years, and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe because of that, but maybe just because of my personality, I struggle to feel ownership over the place, mm-hmm. right? And that is, a, that is a struggle I think a lot of people feel, like where you walk in and you're, what's the word? One of the reasons we, I will say this, one of the reasons we chose Batavia and we like Batavia is that it's not like a tourist suburb. So mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like people go to other places all yeah. the time. It feels like people are happy to be in this town. Yeah. And I've, you know, living in Wheaton, looking mm-hmm. at other suburbs, it feels like there's a lot of traveling back and forth between wherever. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like I live in Chicagoland versus I live in Batavia. Batavia. Yeah. But when you do that, like there's a lack of ownership of anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, the need to remember that you, because just by virtue of being here, you're a part of it. But do you think you need to be here a certain amount of time to feel that ownership? Oh, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Like I said, in five years, like I said, by you doing this, by you reaching out to other business owners, other local residents about doing this, you're building that relationship. You're building right. that ownership. This is your town now. Yeah. You know, you, you want it to succeed. You want to grow in it. Batavia's got to grow with you. Honestly, it was good that I had this conversation with Fernando when I did, a week before we launched this podcast. I was kind of freaking out, feeling a little insecure, having some of the same feelings I have when I'm typically walking into a bar or coffee shop, which is this feeling of surely no one wants to talk to me. I'm just a guy who moved here a few years ago. I haven't been here forever. What do I know about this town? And do I really have the right to call myself a Batavian, much less speak for Batavia itself? But Fernando's right. This podcast of my own is a small way of taking ownership where I am. And I wonder what you could do to do the same. Yes, taking ownership is scary. You're making yourself vulnerable to criticism, to getting things wrong, to making a change that others might not want. But if we can all manage to share that ownership, to spread it around and encourage others to lean in too, then maybe we'll have a town that's growing along with us. Thanks for listening to Area Code Batavia. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Winter can be a hard time for local businesses, so make sure you're supporting local businesses when you can. If you enjoy this podcast, why not subscribe to our newsletter? Just click the link in the show notes and put in your email address. Not only will we let you know whenever there's a new episode of Area Code Batavia available, but each issue also brings you five concrete ways to experience a deeper sense of belonging in the community of Batavia, Illinois. Most importantly, if you know someone who would love to hear this podcast, please share it with them. Word of mouth is the best way to grow this community and help more people feel like they belong in Batavia, Illinois. Area Code Batavia is produced by Area Code Audio. It's hosted and produced by me, Richard Clark, with additional production help from Jennifer Clark.